Well, I think it's something that fellow geeks have asked for a long, long time, and that's, is there intelligent life out there? And the search for extraterrestrials is actually going to be happening on the Travel Channel. Expedition Unknown, the hunt for extraterrestrials is going to be happening with this guy here. It's host Josh Gates. Josh, how's it going, man? Doing great. How you doing? Doing very well. Now, Josh, you've never shied away from the fact that you're kind of a card-carrying geek like the rest of us, so uh, what are some of your favorite characters from science fiction? Oh boy, that's uh, how long's your show? I mean, uh, <laughs> well, we've got all I, day, I, uh, Josh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, look, I grew up a huge sci-fi nerd. I, I think I've probably seen every episode of of Star Trek and Next Gen, and uh, and just about every sci-fi movie that I've been able to get my hands on, you know, since I was a kid. So uh, I'm an equal opportunity sci-fi lover, you know. Um, and so I, I went into this topic really enthusiastic because. I just am into this stuff, you know. I grew up uh, obsessed with Twilight Zone. I loved Ray Bradbury, um, you know, just uh, really into this stuff. I was just reading that Annihilation book uh, that they're making into a film, um, the part of that Southern Reach trilogy. And, you know, this is, this is my wheelhouse. I love this stuff. Absolutely. And uh, on that vein, I mean, with more entertainment options than ever and so many advances in technology that we have right now, what do you think keeps us as a society so fascinated for decades and even centuries even in this search for extraterrestrial life? Well, it is, I think, mankind's ultimate question. You know, I mean, who, who hasn't looked up at the stars and thought, what is out there? Are we really alone? You know, it's this great barrier that we just can't really... Um, see into, although we're able to see into it more and more, you know, using these, these incredible uh, telescopes that have, that have been developed. But, but really, I think it is kind of the ultimate question. You know, we, we really want to understand our place in the universe. It helps us understand who we are, why we're here. And so, you know, that's why we wanted to do this. And so the, the, the show is really a big four-part special that goes around the world and looks at this question of extraterrestrials from a whole bunch of different, you know, prisms. We're, we're meeting with scientists and astronomers and astronauts. We're also meeting with true believers, experiencers, you know, who, who say not only does alien life exist, but it's been here. I've, I've seen it. You know, I've, I've had some sort of close encounter. So we really wanted to take kind of a, a, a global look at this question. So it seems like anytime you actually ask someone about intelligent about alien life or anybody like on the street, and they always think about little green men. So would you kind of be more surprised to find out that that was actually true or ultimately false? That's a great question. I think I'd probably be surprised if it were true. You know, I mean that that image of little little green men or little gray men. You know, that's that's been with us since probably the the twenties or thirties at least. Uh, it was sort of popularized in like so many of our of our images of of aliens. It's a lot of it's from literature and film and and later television and pop culture. You know, we we have this very anthropomorphic idea of what life is going to look like, um, whether it's you know, your, your kind of uh, little, little guys in flying saucers to the xenomorph from Alien to, um, you know, kind of you, you name it. Most of our alien monsters and alien contacts, especially Star Trek, which is typically a rubber forehead piece, you know, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're pretty much, you know, either, either people or men in suits, you know. So uh, I think that, you know, look, it, it, it comes down to this one big question, either the conditions for life are so particular and so specific that they're going to look just like us. Because in order to have life, you have to have this exact kind of recipe that we have here on Earth of, of atmosphere and gravity and temperature and all that stuff. Or life is way more flexible than that. And if that's the case, then we may not even be able to imagine what that life is going to look like. You know, sort of harkening back again to reading this book, Annihilation, um, 
this Southern Reach trilogy is all about these these encounters that are so mind-bending and so kind of other and and alien that that we can hardly process what they might even mean. You know, I mean, it could be some sort of intergalactic goo. You know, that's oh, yeah. that's hyper intelligent. Yeah. You know, who who knows? So. Um, I don't know. I think for me, I'd be surprised if it looked just like us. You know, I think that uh, um, even if the conditions had to be the same, I think the amount of technology, the amount of, of time that it would take to become evolved enough to be able to master interstellar, you know, travel, we'd probably look a whole lot different by then. Now, Josh, you're going on four seasons now of Expedition Unknown on Travel Channel. You've got two specials under your belt after this one's after this one wraps up. Now, you've done some pretty crazy things like propel into dark pits and kind of dive into zero-visibility waters, and I don't want to know what the craziest thing that you think you've ever done is. I want to know what your wife would say is the craziest thing you've ever done. That's a great question. I can ask her. She's in the other room. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably... You know, there, there, there have been some... Here's what's weird about it. In the moment when I'm out there doing this stuff, none of it seems that crazy because, right. you know, I'm full of adrenaline and it's that kind of like we're having an adventure and this real kind of like Boy Scout thing and it's going to be so fun. And then it's not till later when I'm on the couch watching it or my mother calls me and is like, <laughs> what are you thinking? That I kind of look at it and go, yeah, that's kind of stupid. Why, why was I doing that? I did a dive a couple of seasons ago on the show in Myanmar, there's this great legend of this huge golden bell that was stolen from a temple by this Portuguese uh, pirate, basically, in, I want to say, the 13th or 14th century. And it sank to the bottom of this muddy, treacherous river right in the middle of, of, of what's now Myanmar. And people have been looking for it for a long time, and the conditions couldn't be worse. I mean, the most dangerous diving conditions you could imagine, like fast-moving water, zero visibility, muddy, uh, tons of debris on the bottom. And I agreed to go down and see what it was like to basically go down and look for this thing in absolute pitch black visibility. And about halfway down from the boat to the bottom, I just was overcome with this horrible feeling of, well, this is how it ends. This was the dumbest thing you've ever done. And uh, it was terrifying. I mean, it was truly terrifying. And I was completely out of control of my of my destiny, you know, doing that. And so those are the situations I think that are the most terrifying for my wife, for 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 my parents, for me when I'm watching it later, are those instances where it's just so dynamic and, and you're not in control that anything could happen. Absolutely. I mean, you take that all the way back to Destination Truth as well. As a matter of fact, after all of these years, all of these explorations, everything you've ever done, what's worse, the things you've had to eat or the vehicles that you've ended up with? <laughs> It's a dead. It's a dead heat tie. They're both <laughs> awful. The, the 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 vehicles have improved on Expedition Unknown yes, a considerable amount. We used to have the worst cars on the planet on Destination Truth. I mean, stuff that would just die in my hands. Like the steering wheel would come off, the engine would catch on fire. Just total death traps. That's gotten a little bit better. The food is still a mixed bag. You know, I mean. I, I, we, look, every country, well, almost every country has, has good food. Um, but we go out of our way to be like, what's the weirdest thing they yep. eat? What's the street? So I always end up with some like, you know, cockroach, fried spider kind of nasty thing. So the food is, the, I, I think the food is worse than the vehicles, really. 
Well, when you eat stuff that's still moving, Josh, you know, that, that's kind of not great. Yeah, the, the key is to bite down quickly. Right, exactly. <laughs> Back to the show for a second. We've seen you analyze a lot of evidence over the years, and especially on the show. What are you looking for when you analyze UFO video evidence, and how similar is it to actually the analysis of paranormal videos? Well, you know, for, for this special, we were looking at different types of evidence. You know, one of the things we were looking at is the really kind of ironclad scientific evidence about... Uh, the possibility of aliens way, way out in the universe. And that stuff is really compelling. You know, one of the, I think for me, one of the most shocking things about doing this show was meeting some of the brightest scientists in the world and realizing that there is a growing consensus that absolutely there's life out there, that it would, uh, it's starting to reach a tipping point where it would be weirder if there wasn't life, because we're finding these these so-called exoplanets, these Earth-like planets uh, that, are, that are out in the universe, we're, we're, we're finding them at a pretty rapid rate. And so now, whereas we once thought, you know, Earth might be the only game in town, it's now sort of looking like, no, planets like Earth might be way more common than we thought. So that kind of evidence is really compelling because I certainly left feeling convinced that there probably is life in the universe. When it comes to UFO videos and stuff like that, it's tough, and it is a bit like paranormal videos. You're always looking at some blurry, uh, quick, not-in-focus thing up in the sky. You often don't have what you want, which is context and reference and a clear shot even. And and so you're you're often puzzling over these things and, and thinking you know, what is this really that I'm looking at? And often the best you can do is say, this is compelling or it's not compelling, but it's, it's impossible to close the door on, on this question of, of extraterrestrials just by looking at those kind of videos alone, because they're not conclusive. They're really interesting. We went down to Chile and, um, Chileans bizarrely report an enormous amount of UFOs. They have a lot of airspace, I guess, but, um, they report a lot of UFOs, and they actually have an official government agency that looks into UFO reports, which is wow. really interesting because we don't we don't have that. Here. We sort of did a little bit in the 50s, and then we got rid of it. But they have this official agency, and when I ask, and they're like government employees, like normal, rational, you know, folks. And when I say, well, why do you have this? They go, well, look, you know, we have millions of people a year fly through our airspace on commercial flights and it's important that that airspace is safe so we, we we take reports of what's flying around in our airspace really seriously and they showed me some some really incredible video um from various things that they had collected including this really bizarre navy uh video that their navy uh, helicopter pilots captured last year and you look at it and you go that looks crazy it doesn't look like a plane it doesn't look like a helicopter there's some weird hovering thing there what is that and the fact that it's coming to you from Navy helicopter pilots, seasoned pilots who know what's flying around in the airspace of Chile, that makes it even more compelling. But then you kind of are left with saying, I don't know what that is. Right, exactly. Now, I know you can't spoil anything about what actually happens on the upcoming special Expedition Unknown, the hunt for extraterrestrials, but I need to ask you, what would you say is more impressive in your travels in this particular investigation, where you got to go or the tech that you got to play with? Oh, that's, that's, you know, it's, that's an impossible. They're, they're kind of one and the same because some of the coolest places we went were some of the most high tech. We went behind the scenes at, at NASA in Houston. And it was like, I probably looked like a kid going to Disney world for the first time at about age 10. I just had this, you know, this grin on my face the whole time. I was just so geeked out over all the cool stuff they've got there. They let us screw around in these prototype 
uh, Martian rovers, and they, they let me eat astronaut food and go to the food labs and check out all the different stuff that they that they do and they and they and the thing that really like shattered my mind is they let me talk to the astronauts on board the space station for about five minutes so wow to be able to go on the floor of mission control and make a a telephone call to the space station was it was like i could literally feel my brain exploding it was it was just the most surreal just the most surreal phone call ever, you know, this, this, you know, being able, and, and of course, because it's NASA, it's like incredibly high tech, but also weirdly low tech. It's like I had this big black telephone receiver in my hand, like from 1964. <laughs> um, and, and yet I'm calling space, you know, it's like that weird, like, you know how like all government space stuff is kind of like that. It's like, it's incredibly high tech, but it's also kind of weird and old school. So yeah, it was like to be able to call these astronauts in space was just, I mean, I could barely talk to them. I was just so afraid I was going to burst into tears the whole time. That's an amazing experience. Now, I mean, I know you still have plenty of experiences left to have, Josh, but do you kind of have an investigation that you're itching to revisit, or do you have, like, kind of the one that got away, so to speak, that you'd really still love to do? Uh, you know, it's a great question. I, I'm really obsessed with Amelia Earhart. It was the first show that we, it was one of the first shows that we made for Expedition Unknown. It's such a big topic, and and it's it, it is for me kind of the one that got away because I'm I'm in the camp of people who really believe that her plane is is probably at the bottom of the Pacific. Uh, it's kind of the Occam's razor, you know, answer to what happened to her. And I I think her plane could be found, but it would just take such a commitment of resources and money to 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 do that. I I kind of feel like that one is just something that I'm not going to have an opportunity to to do but boy would i like to because i just have such an admiration for her and her story is so fascinating oh I, I totally agree now josh very serious question here do you get as much of a hard time for using puns on your show as i do here on mine <laughs> yes but 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 luckily i uh i i don't have to interact or i don't get a chance to interact with 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 viewers as much as you probably interact with folks in, <laughs> in real time so there's like a delay of like when they hear my horrible pun to when they can track me down to complain about it. So there's, there's, there's that nice time delay. But yeah, I use all sorts of horrible dad puns on the show all the time, and, and I can like hear the groans across America. Well, you know, Josh, once those flood gates open, it's hard to close them. Hey-oh! Yeah, That's there exactly we go. Right. There we go. That's exactly right. <laughs> I love it. Now, you kind of already touched on the whole is there intelligent life out there, so I want to close this out by asking you about the skeptics, because you know that no matter what you do, there's always going to be those skeptics. So you talk to a lot of true believers. How do you address the skeptics in this hunt for the extraterrestrial life? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that, I, that I'm, I'm kind of one of them. You know, I always describe myself as an open-minded skeptic, but really, you know, I'm open-minded about things that I can see demonstrated in a way that's, that's scientific. And when it comes to true believers and witnesses, I remain kind of on the fence about their stories. I think one of the things, though, that I, over the years doing this job, whether it's looking for extraterrestrials or hunting down reports of creatures in the Amazon, I do really take time to, to, to try to listen to people's stories. And one of the things that's, that really jumped out for me during these specials is that there are a lot of people that have had really compelling experiences. And I think if you listen to them and you really kind of assess them, you realize that they really did have an experience. Now, that doesn't mean that they were visited by a UFO, but it, it does mean that something happened to them. I, I think there are a lot of people out there who, who've been through something. You can see that there's, in some cases, even a trauma um, of, of an experience. And for me, that means there's a real story there. Um, I don't know what that story is. I don't know where it leads. But that's what kind of propels me on to ask the questions, because 
it's a story. It's a real story. And so, uh, you know, that's got me engaged. I'm hooked. If someone says to me, I had an experience and it's a real experience, I want to hear about it. So I'm in the skeptic camp. I've got a foot in, 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 in both spaces. But I will say, if you watch the shows, there, there are some interviews with some people who, who have been through stuff that I left the, those interviews going, I don't know how to explain this. I don't know what happened to these folks. Well, whether you're a skeptic or a true believer, you're going to want to watch Expedition Unknown, The Hunt for Extraterrestrials, which premieres this Wednesday and keeps going every Wednesday at 9 o'clock Eastern on the Travel Channel. And we're also looking forward to a brand new season of Expedition Unknown returning in December of this year. It's host Josh Gates. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Hey, anytime. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.